Life Church, it is so great to have you with me this weekend as we conclude our series on Unchanged. The last three weeks, and this is our fourth week kind of concluding this series, I hope you'll be back with us next weekend as I've got a special uh, weekend presentation. I'm going to be here. I've got some guests, Kevin and Noel Miller, who are missionaries of ours. They're going to be joining me, and we're going to celebrate all that God has done through you in 2020 to go around the corner and around the world. It's interesting that we're going to be doing that next weekend because today kind of connects to that in a little bit of a way. See, in this series, we've been talking about uh, how everything in our world feels like it's changing, but yet there are things that are unchanged. And so we talked about how together, together is something that is unchanging in an ever-changing world. It never goes out of style. It's never something that we give up on. And I encourage you in the course of this year, as you feel comfortable, to begin to make a commitment to back to the habit of gathering together, not just virtually, but in person. The second week we talked about grow, how that we are able to grow regardless what's going on around us, regardless what's happening, we can choose to grow and we can grow in our walk with the Lord. We can grow in our relationships. We can grow in him. Last weekend we talked about give, how we can give of ourselves, of our time and our talent and our treasure and how it makes a difference that that never changes. And today I wanna talk about go. G-O, go, how we go and how going never changes regardless what's happening around us. See, as we look in the book of Acts, we've been kind of back to this passage. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Acts chapter two, Acts chapter two, verse 47. In just a minute, we're gonna get there. We've been kind of in that 42, 44, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47. We've been in that area because it's basically where we, as the local church today, get our kind of playbook on how the church should operate and what we should do. The idea of gathering or growing or giving or going is not something that I came up with or Life Church came up with or a denomination came up with, but rather it's something that the Bible shows us. Hey, here's a plan. Here's, a, here's the principles of what should be happening in a local community of Christ followers. And so verse 47 says this, praising God, talking about the church, and enjoying the favor of all people, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So this group of Christ followers, as the church is beginning, as it's being birthed, um, they are growing and they are gathering and they are giving, but they're also going into their world. They're also letting people know what's happening about Jesus and how he can change their life just the same way he did theirs. And, and, and they're communicating this in such a way that God's giving them favor and opening up doors and opportunities. And at the same time, God is bringing people their way and God is adding. People are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And so... At Life Church, again, this is not something we came up with. We lean so heavily on God's word that if it were to move, we would fall. We're committed to this. We say it this way. We're committed to going around the corner and around the world. It's not like we're just about missions or we're just about local outreach. No, we're about both. And, and, and so I want to give you some, some reasons why the value of going in your life as a Christ follower whether you're a businessman or a businesswoman, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, whether you're a student or whether you're in full-time vocational ministry like me, we're all called to go. And I wanna show you that 
First point I want to make is that we all have, or we have only one unfinished mission. We have only one unfinished mission. That's to go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel. That's to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. In Matthew's gospel, Matthew records Jesus' words in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's what we call the Great Commission. You and I, who have been recipients of the grace of Jesus Christ, who've been recipients of the love of Jesus Christ, we are to, in turn, go into our world. Well, your world, here's the beauty about this, your world may be different than my world. The, The places, the roads that you travel may be different than the roads that I travel. The people that you know may be different than the people that I know. But you go into your world, you go into your middle school, you go into your high school, you go to your college or your university, you go to your plant, you go to the factory, you go to your office complex, you go to your accounting office, you go to your to, to your business downtown, you go to, you know, uh, to, to, to work at your heat and air company, you go wherever it is that God's called you to go, wherever it is that God takes you, to the grocery store, to, to, to Latitudes to get a cup of coffee, to Starbucks, to, 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 to the movies, um, wouldn't that be great, amen? Uh, you go to all of those places and when you go, you're not going by yourself, you're taking Jesus with you. And when you're doing that, you're crossing paths with people. And in doing so, you are either planting seeds, you're either watering seeds that have been planted or you're harvesting. Meaning you're either, you're either doing something in your life or your verbiage that's, that's communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're encouraging something that's been planted in someone or you're seeing that the fruition of that, the fruit of that come to bear. But you're going. And so when we live our lives, even in the middle of everything that's going on, that doesn't change. I'm still going. Even if I'm virtually going to a meeting, I'm still going into that space. I'm still going to go pick up food at a drive-thru. I'm still going to the grocery store. I'm still going on a trip. I'm still going on an airplane. I'm still interacting with people or neighbors or family members virtually or in person. I am going. And when I go, I have to remember as a Christ follower, there is a commission that Jesus has given me. Whether I'm an attorney, whether I'm a stay-at-home parent, uh, whether I'm an educator, whether I'm in bank and finance, whether regardless what I do, regardless what my title is, I am to go with that in mind. And so when I begin my day, when I go throughout my day and I live my life, I'm thinking, whose path am I going to cross? Going back to verse 47 of Acts chapter 2, whom is God going to give me favor with? And God may add them to his kingdom. Not my kingdom, it's his kingdom. So we only have one unfinished mission, and that's to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Secondly, we must care about souls. We must care about souls. The great commandment. We have the great commission. We also have the great commandment. This doesn't change. It's unchanging. Matthew chapter 22, if you want to turn back a couple of chapters there. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 through 40. I'm going to read this for you. It's the great commandment. But when the Pharisees heard that he, Jesus, 
had silenced the Sadducees, they were gathered together. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that's kind of the religious establishment of the day. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Remember, there are over 1,500 commandments in the law. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. For on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The great commandment. You want to basically sum up what the Bible is all about? Love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And if you do these two things, you fulfilled God's word. You fulfilled his law. That doesn't change, even in the midst of a pandemic or an epidemic. I'm still to keep my eyes upon Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. Don't look to the left or to the right. Just keep my eyes upon him. And how do I treat my neighbor whom I disagree with, who voted for a different presidential candidate than I did, who has completely different views on sexuality or gender identity, who has maybe a completely different set of values on economics and and how money should get to people and how this program or that program should work. I should love them as I love myself. Let me say this, and I'm going to say this over and over and over again. Because I love you doesn't mean I condone your actions. Because I love you doesn't mean I agree with you. Because I love you doesn't mean that I am accepting your behavior. It just means you as a person, as an individual. Because you were made in the image and the likeness of God. And his word asks of me to love my neighbor, whomever my neighbor is. Neighbor is about proximity. Neighbor can change. It's not just the person that lives to the house left or right of you or lives in the condo above you or behind you, but it's about whomever I'm around, whoever I'm working with, whomever I'm doing life with, whomever I happen to be grouped with at a task force at work. I'm loving them, not because I'm agreeing with them, not because I'm, I'm in complete lockstep with how they view politics or religion or societal issues or sexuality, but I love them because God's word says that I'm loving them. And love is not about my approval. Love speaks not of you, but it speaks of me. Because he loved me, I love you. I'm not your judge and jury, he is. I didn't write the Bible He did. I don't get editorial privilege. I can't take a pair of scissors to the parts that I don't like. No, it's him. So I'm to love him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and I'm to love you as I love myself. How does this work in life church, in a local church? It's kind of simple. It's about putting people over programs. You, your family, your friends, People that are here virtually and in person are way more important than any building. Buildings just facilitate. That's what they do. They're a tool. They're more important than any program. They're more important than any agenda. It's about people. Jesus didn't come and die for church buildings. He didn't die for church programs. He didn't die for church choirs or for Life groups or Sunday school or for this program or that program or this outreach or that outreach. No, he came and died for people. 
That's what's most important. And everything that we do at, as a church and as Christ followers has to be eternally focused. It's with the end in mind. So when I'm preaching a message, I'm not preaching a message to impress you. I'm not preaching a message because I need to hear it. I'm preaching a message because it's my job to build you and to serve you the bread of life, Jesus Christ, hot and fresh every single weekend. And I do it in a way that keeps eternity at mind. I want people that are far away from God that are coming to Life Church, whether virtually or in person, that are coming or are apart, that they can hear the message. Whether they accept or they reject it, it, that's not my business. That's, that's them, that's between them and the Lord. Jesus even said, look to the disciples, they're gonna reject you. But when they reject you, they be in the world, they're not really rejecting you. They're rejecting the Jesus in you. And they rejected me, Jesus said. They're going to reject you. That's between them and the Lord. My responsibility is to serve up the bread of life hot and fresh, eternally focused, everything going back to that. Because again, the only thing that leaves here, that leaves this planet, is you. It's your kids, your grandkids, your moms, your dads, your brothers, your sisters, your neighbors, your coworkers, even that cranky old neighbor that you have. God loves him. God loves her. And I and you are called to care about souls. Third statement, share your story. When we talk about this value of go, it's about sharing your story. Psalm 71 verse 15. Just listen to this verse for a second. Psalm 71 verse 15. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts and of your deeds of salvation all day. So from morning till evening. For their number is past my knowledge. You and I are to continually telling the story of how Jesus gave us grace, how Jesus rescued our life, how Jesus saved us. From the time we get up until the time we go to bed, just pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus, telling your story. This is the reason why this is important because in the world in which we live in, there may be people that reject the Bible. There may be people that reject what you believe or your religious beliefs but they'll never reject your story because your story in a postmodern world in which we live in, that's your truth. And you and I know that there is absolute truth and that's God and his word. But we live in a world that doesn't believe in absolute truth. They believe that truth is relative. Therefore, what may be true for you may not be true for me. And what's true for me may be true for the guy down the street or for the gal there on the corner. It, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's relative to who you are. So everybody has their truth and everybody's truth should be listened to. And everybody has their opinion and everybody's opinion should be valued. Okay, so here's my truth. For God so loved me. And you, that he gave his only son, Jesus. And here's where I was before Jesus. And here's what Jesus did in my life. And here's where I'm at. Whether you accept that or you believe that, that's my truth. That's my story. And let me tell you how that worked out. Let me tell you how God rescued me. Let me tell you how God worked in my life. And let me tell you how God saved me and how he preserved me. Let me tell you what he did over here. Let me tell you about what he did with my kids. Let me tell you what he did in my marriage. Let me tell you what he did in my finances. Let me tell you all the day long, because as the psalmist says, your deeds of salvation, their number is past my knowledge. It, there are more stories that I have to tell than you have time. 
Tell your story. Your story is your story. You don't have to have chapter and verse. You don't have to know chapter and verse. And when people began to try to get in the weeds, go, yeah, but what about this? And, you know, did Adam and Eve have a belly button? And what came first, the chicken or the egg? And what about dinosaurs? And what about evolution? And what about this? And what about that? And what do you think about, just go, you know what? I don't know about that, but what I do know is, I don't know about that, but what I do know is, I don't know about that, but what I do know is this is my story. This is what God did for me. And I figure deductive reasoning, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. You and I both know he can and he will tell your story. And the last statement that I want to give, we talk about the truth of go and how that doesn't change even when everything's going crazy around us is share the gospel. Share the gospel. The story of Jesus, share the gospel. Mark chapter 16 says this, and he said to them, this is Jesus, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. This is again, the great commission. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. The word gospel means good news. What's the good news? The good news is that you don't have to die in your sins. The good news is that there's a God that loves you and cares for you regardless what you've done, and that he so loved you. That word so means without strings, without condition. He so loved you that he gave his one and his only son to die on the cross for you. And that's what Jesus Christ did. He came to this earth. He, he was clothed in humanity. He lived the same way you and I did, yet without sin. He died on the cross and he rose again. That's the good news. And Paul says to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, 14, and 15, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Verse 15, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Preach the gospel. Share the gospel. And we do this in a lot of different ways. We, we, we do this by, by inviting someone to come with us to church. We, we do this by, by giving to, to missions. And so a missionary goes and, and that's another way we share the gospel around the corner, around the world. We, we, we do this by sharing our story. We, can I just help you? We do this a lot of times when we just are cognizant of the fact that this is what's going on. So today, as we end, I want to ask you to take an action step. We've done this every single message in this series. If you're willing to go, I'm going to ask you to simply do this. Text LC space GO to 97000. It's going to be on the screen even as I'm talking about it. Text LC space Go, G-O, to 97000. L-C space go to 97000. And here's what you're saying when you do that. You know what? Pastor, in this year and in 2021, I'm going to go. I'm going to do exactly what you're talking about. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to go through and, and I'm going to identify that, you know what? I've got a mission the great commission that Jesus called me to as a Christ follower, that I'm going to, to up my game when it's caring about other people, caring about souls, 
I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my story. Even if that means I've got to sit down and write it out and think about my personal testimony, my, my story. And I'm going to look for opportunities just to give God credit and kind of give God props for all the things he's done in my life. And then I'm going to make sure that I am sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to other people as God opens a door. Now, I'm not asking you to go to the break room at your office and stand on the tabletop and tell them. I'm not asking you, you know, that they're dying and going to hell. I'm not asking you to go and, and, and send everybody that you work with an email. I'm not asking you to, 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 to have to witness with every single person that you meet in, in line at the coffee shop or, 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 in the, or as you're at the grocery store. What I am saying is, is that you go, you know what, I'm going to be mindful of this and prayerful about this. And this year, as God opens a door, I'm going to step out and <clears throat> kind of clear my throat and maybe I get a little something of water and swallow and then I'm going to tell people, this is what God did for me. This is what God did for my family. And I figure if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. This is where I found Jesus. Just one beggar to another beggar where to find food. We have a philosophy at Life Church called invest and invite. Invest and invite. Whereby we just say, invest in people relationally. Invest in people relationally with no strings attached. Just love people right where they are. You know, as the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor, your neighbor being whomever you're around at that moment, as yourself. Just, just love people. Just be kind to people. Oh, defer people. Let, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, let me get the door for you. No, just, and then as the opportunities that you've investing in them relationally, a neighbor, a coworker, a friend, a family member, at the right time, invite them. Invite them into a conversation. Invite them for a cup of coffee. Invite them to a church service. If it's virtual, or if it is, if it's in person. Say, so you know what, I've been, I've been struggling just like you, but our pastor, I know you may get tired of me saying this, but our pastor did this message, or this has been so helpful to me, and, or this has brought such peace to me, or hey, here's, and I'm amazed sometimes at people that never had their own copy of God's word, even in Wisconsin. I just want to, just, I'm going to invest and I'm going to invite. And when you do that, it changes people's world. And sometimes it's not always just people that are long and are far away from God. Sometimes it's people that may be new to the community. Maybe they're Christians, but they're new. And so they're looking for a good local church to get connected with. And so you know them relationally. So you invite them to come. So today, as we end, here's what I want to do. I want to go to a video which demonstrates that. Invest in inviting someone relationally that you're connected with, that you've got a relationship with, and you just simply invite them. And then when they come to Life Church, guess what? God begins to do a work in their heart and their life. In this particular video, it's, a, it's two families that knew each other from a different state, happened to be here in this state, and the new family was simply looking for a good local church for their family. And how one family, out of relationship, invited them to come. No strings attached, no pressure. Check this out. And, well, you'll see the rest of it on this video. So I want you to check this out. And then don't forget to text GO, or excuse me, LC space GO to 97000. Check out this video.
So my family and I have been at Life Church for a little over a year now, or about a year now, I guess. When when we moved up to Wisconsin, it was an opportunity for me to kind of further my career, and uh, there were some opportunities within my company to to transfer up here to kind of move up here, and so that's what we did. We moved up and we we landed in Wisconsin with with no connection points. I mean, we didn't we didn't have housing taken care of by the company. We didn't have you know schools and things figured out and answered. We 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 knew nobody. We 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 didn't have um, network of people that we you know you would hope to have as you relocate. Uh, we did have a single connection that was uh, Jim Frazier, his wife Michelle Frazier. Uh, Brendan and I. I met uh, probably about 10 plus years ago now back in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, we started working together uh, and uh, ever since then we've, we've had a great friendship with not just him and I but also our, our entire family, our wives, our kids. We were looking for churches to, to visit and go to, plug into. We were very involved in a church back in North Carolina and looking for that same um, I guess, uh, fellowship of believers and um, outlet for our children and for ourselves. I invited Brandon uh, to a life group because uh, just like everybody else, when you move, uh, you're looking for some type of sense of community. He was looking for a church home. You know, as, as we had gone through different stages of life or different situations, Jim and Michelle had kind of been there and just been good friends. And so we, we trusted what they were saying about Life Church because we knew the type of people they were and they had shown themselves to us to be just good friends, really, who, who genuinely seemed to love and care about us and our family. You know, I love going here. So if, if I love what I do, if I love what I eat, love where I go, I'm going to tell people. So, yeah. So we gave Life Church a, a try and we, we came one Sunday. And one of the things that really made Life Church just immediately feel comfortable was just that familiar face. So when, when we walked in that first Sunday, we were welcomed, uh, you know, by the greeters uh, at the doors and you know, felt very uh, cared for and loved. Uh, when we walked into the sanctuary and we could find Jim and Michelle, that was a, a big connection point for us. It just felt a little more like home, felt a little more comfortable. We didn't feel as out of place. And so I think that was a big draw for us is, is just that, that connection, that immediate connection that we had. We have over the last year, year and a half, um, found a community, we found a church, We've uh, found opportunities to, to serve at the church. We found life groups to plug into, and, and our family is thriving because of our relationship with, with Jim and Michelle, just that opportunity that he took to just uh, invite me to church. We're thankful to be here and thankful for uh, what we found at Life Church.